0: No, Gavin, I have no idea what that is in kilometers per hour. We went to war with you guys to keep using the same illogical system that you guys made up in the first place. Ass. The following podcast contains... Now, I had heard that word at least ten times a day from my own man. My father worked in profanity the way other artists might work in oils or clay. It was his true medium, a master. Explicit language. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question, when you thought we want to spend more time driving through Kansas, not less, what the hell were you thinking? I'm your host, Dave Bledsoe, and this is episode number 358, I Simply Cannot Drive, 55 edition of the show, where we talk about that time America had to slow down. Stay tuned. The What the Hell Are You Thinking podcast is brought to you by Tesla Stealth Coat, new from Elon Musk, the radar-absorbent auto wax that reduces your car's radar profile by 50%. Do you like to drive fast but also hate getting tickets? Of course you do. But new speed radars and lidars are built to beat your detectors if they're even legal where you live. Tesla Stealth Coat is a 100% legal radar-absorbing car wax that will make it harder for the cops to lock and track your car. It's stealth technology for your Tesla. A weekly application of Tesla Stealth Coat will make will make your ludicrously expensive penile replacement purchase 50% smaller to the electronic eyes of the law. How does it work? Don't question Elon Musk. Just buy it, you tiny putted pinhead. Tesla Stealth Coat. Is it real science or just hype from a billionaire bullshit artist? The only way to know is to buy it. 55 miles per hour you save gasoline which is real money these days at 55 you save yourself troubles you really don't need but 55 miles per hour saves you more than that 55 saves lives since 1974 55 has been the single biggest factor in reducing highway deaths by more than 36,000 people one of them could be you 55 saves lives when I was a young police officer people would always ask me one question do you hate black people whoa 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 no 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 I didn't and I I don't I I, that wasn't the reason all right look yes I was participating in a system that was from its inception a way to control and suppress people of color and the poor but I did not know that then I got better no the question they would always ask me is what's the real speed limit And I would always say I would tell you... uh, Because I would then have to kill you. And then we would laugh and laugh and laugh because, you know, I had a gun and theoretically I could kill them. But what I couldn't tell people, well, not back then anyway, but I will tell you now because I'm not a cop and I don't give a fuck anymore. It's the speed limit is pretty much whatever the cop who sees you speeding decides it is. Unless, of course, you personally were a cop, in which case you could drive as fast as you wanted and get away with it all the time. I knew it, I fucking knew it. Obviously, there's the posted speed limit. It varies from place to place, condition to condition. We all understand how that works. But what people really want to know is what is that magic number that makes a cop decide to pull them over? Now, this is a much more complicated equation. The first variable fact that you have to factor in is, of course, ARE YOU BLACK? And if you are, then the number posted on the sign is the absolute speed you must travel. No slower, no faster. Every black person knows this. Hells yeah. And that same rule pretty much applies to anyone darker than, say, Edgar Winner. Oh, just Google it. I'm not going to try to explain it. Next variable. If you're on an empty stretch of highway in the middle of nowhere, it could be anywhere from five to 25 miles an hour over the speed limit. But honestly, it just depends on what mood the cops in and whether or not he wants to do anything at that particular moment in time. If he's a hard ass, then you're probably going to get pulled over seven miles an hour over. But if he just had a full meal, a nice blow job from a truck stock sex worker and feels like a little nap, you can be approaching escape velocity and he's not going to give a shit. What I'm trying to say is that for most cops, the decision of whether or not to pull you over is... uh, That your decision is completely arbitrary. Yeah, there's no real number assigned to how far over the speed limit you can drive because cops are capricious and uncaring. I did not make the system. I do not like the system. But that, nevertheless, is the system. The reason I bring this up is that this week we are talking about the national speed limit of 55 miles an hour, which was signed into law by President Richard... Milhouse! Milhouse! Nixon, we've mentioned it a time or two, particularly when we talked about the gas crisis of the 70s, but I felt like the topic needed a deep dive because A, it's interesting to me, and B, I need content. So let's talk about why for 20 years we were all supposed to drive 55, and why none of us ever really did. Now you will probably be interested to know that speed limits came far, far before the motor car. I assure you I'm not. How can you not be interested? This is a fascinating, fine. Anyway, one of the very first speed limits in these here United States was set before there were these here United States in the Dutch colony of New Amsterdam. You probably know it now as New York City. New York City! When a fine of five pounds Flemish, it's around 50 bucks a day, was imposed on anyone who drove a wagon, coach, cart, or sleigh at a gallop. In England, the Stage Carriage Act was enacted to prohibit anyone from furious driving. Don't drive angry. When locomotives came along, speed controls were enacted for various reasons, spanning from not wanting to run over random folks on the tracks to, uh, you know, not wanting the entire fucking train to fly off the tracks and explode. If you thought the history of speed limits were boring, wait till I tell you how they are set. Because it involves math. Now, speed limits are determined ostensibly by a scientific calculation made by traffic engineers, taking a wide variety of factors into account. I researched this for this week's show and what I learned real quick is how much math there actually was in it. It looks like algebra is calling. I hate math. Wish me luck. So I'm going to do what I did through all of my years of primary and secondary education, spend a lot of bullshit and hope the teacher, or in this case, you, the listener, are so stunned by it that you don't notice that it is wrong in every detail. Speed limits are determined by where the roads are located, the terrain the roads travel over, the average weather conditions of the geographic area of the road, what the roads are constructed with, and the average traffic volume on the road. The engineers then take all of this and run it through a very simple equation. CMF equals VA over over VB times X, this means CMF, crash modification factor, VA means speed in the after condition, VB means speed in the before condition, and X equals 3.6 for fatal crash frequency. What does that even mean? I don't know, but it sounds impressive, don't it? Now. Once all that math is done, local politicians take the traffic survey study and then in consultation with the local police and the public, determine what speed limit is appropriate for any given stretch of road. Meaning, of course, the speed limit is whatever the fuck they want it to be because they didn't understand the math either and really just want to be able to write more tickets to generate revenue for whatever shitberg town they call home. That makes sense. This had nothing to do with the Emergency Highway Conservation Act of 1974, where all of that science and math was taken, and then erased like eight minutes of an audio tape where the president was committing crimes. Prior to this, each state set their own maximum speed limit. Now, I'm not one for the idea of states' rights, since those words always seem to mean that the state in question wants to do something horrible to a specific group of people for, uh... Normal reasons. But uh, in this case, there were actually good reasons for the states deciding. Let me put it this way. If you have ever driven across the vast, empty nothingness that is the middle of this country, you too would know that faster is indeed better. Corn and wheat may be important, but you don't want to spend any more time in the middle of it than you absolutely have to. The same applies to all of Texas, which is 50 square miles of awesome and the 268,547 square miles of utter shit. You do not want to cross Texas at 55 miles an hour. The thinking at the time was simple. Slower saves. It saves gasoline. Indeed, during World War II Colonial Boogaloo, the Department of Transportation set a national speed limit, or as they called it, the victory speed limit, of 35 miles per hour. Which just goes to show that Americans would buy anything if you put victory in front of it. Well, I wanted to do my part for the war effort. They uh, thought at the time that it would save fuel along with rubber, which could then be used to drop bombs on cities full of civilians. And you know what happened when the victory speed limit was in place? People ignored it and drove as fast as they wanted to. I'm doing my part. I'm doing my part too. And so it was in 1973, with the country reeling from the gas crisis and supply shocks, it was decided that slowing down would once again save gas. Now, I'm not a scientist, but it seems to me that simply going slower really doesn't do much of anything to save gas because the average American automobile at the time was roughly the size of a World War II aircraft carrier with slightly worse gas mileage. The uh, relative speed of the car didn't seem to matter much when the car was designed by its very nature to consume as much gas as possible because, hey, there's no way that more cheap gas wasn't to be had and there's no consequence at all for using as much of it as you possibly could because God wanted it that way. You know, except for the part where it was spewing lead into the atmosphere and poisoning children's brains, turning it into little murder machines and, oh yeah, slowly heating up the planet like a microwave burrito. Like I said, I'm not a scientist, but uh, yeah, I do uh, want you to know something. I'm not wrong about that. Federal officials thought that slowing down would save 2.2% of gas consumption. Not much, but something. But uh, what they found was it saved between 002 and maybe 1% of gas consumption, which is as close to nothing as you can get while still technically being something. It was also thought that if you slowed down, you would save lives. Now. This seems to make sense at first glance because the people are tearing around at whatever speed they just felt like it stands to reason that more people are going to be injured or more likely smeared into raspberry jam all over the asphalt when they inevitably wreck. I can, I can see that. The problem was it didn't really seem to make much of a difference. American cars at the time didn't so much, you know, do safety. After all, you're enclosed in a massive metal behemoth complete with fins, so you don't need things like, I don't know, seatbelts. And even if you ran into something, the vast acreage of this massive metal car would protect you. (laughs) You know what, though? Turns out that if you run a massive metal object into a fixed object, or indeed a different massive metal object at high speeds, what it would really do is crumple into a ball and sometimes explode. Big bada boom. Not to mention how everyone was driving around shit-faced like they were because this was before we decided that getting liquored up and then driving your aircraft carried down the highway was a bad idea. According to GroovyHistory.com, quote, the Cato Institute studied the effects of a 55-mile-an-hour speed limit and found uh, after a few months of legislation, the country's safety record was actually worse than it had been before, although auto accidents shook out to a median number by 1978. Once the oil crisis came to an end, the U.S. government kept the 55-mile-an-hour speed limit by touting safety numbers. The government even went so far as to have car companies pre- print speedometers with the accentuation on the number 55. Unquote. I haven't driven a car since 2003, so I have no idea if this is still the case, but I know that in 2003, almost 10 years after the uh, national speed limit had been removed, they were still doing it because car makers, if nothing else, are very slow to respond to changes. Now, those of you who work in the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration are saying right now, but Dave, traffic fatalities did go down significantly during the years after 55. You know what? Most experts today attribute that to improvements in the safety features in cars in general. Things like shoulder seat belts, crumple zones, airbags, and all those other physical safety features. And also the dramatic reduction in people driving these newer, safer cars after drinking all night at their local bowling alley just so they could go home and face their nagging spouse and those god-awful ungrateful children. don't allow you to drink and drive anymore. No one knew this at the time, so the law went into effect much to the annoyance of pretty much everyone. How the law was enforced in the states was simple. If you wanted federal money for your roads, your top speed in the state couldn't be higher than 55 miles an hour, and no more than 10% of the drivers could be breaking that law. To say that this was unpopular was to put it mildly. That's a bit of an understatement, don't you think? Right off the bat, the sort of people who got very upset about federal intrusions into affairs of individual states, you know. Those assholes. Or politely, we call them libertarians. They got really pissed. Telling the states how fast the citizens of those states could drive was akin to telling them they couldn't own people. But the libertarians weren't alone and loathing the law. The individual state governments resented the intrusion and did everything in their power to minimize it in their states. Starting a few years after the passage of the act, as noted in Wikipedia, quote, Western states began to reduce fines in the 1980s, effectively minimizing the impact of the 55-mile-an-hour speed limit. Arizona, Idaho, Montana, and Nevada replaced traditional speeding fines with $5 to $15 energy-wasting fines, as long as drivers did not exceed the speed limit in effect before the 55-mile-an-hour federal requirement. Nevada's energy-wasting fine was enacted on April 15, 1981. People could be issued $5 energy-wasting fines. However, the standard speeding tickets were still allowed, and the troopers were directed not to take the new law as a signal to stop riding tickets. In 1986, North Dakota's fine for Speeding up to 15 miles an hour over the 15 mile over the limit was only $15 and it had no license points. South Dakota cut speeding fines in 1985 and stopped assessing points for being 10 miles or less above the speed limit in 1986. And on August 1st, 1986, Minnesota, which normally suspended license after three tickets, stopped counting speeding tickets for no more than 65 miles an hour. Unquote. Even in the states that did enforce the law as intended, most drivers still ignored it. From a 1989 New York Times article, quote, The average speed on the interstate highways in Connecticut has risen in recent months, with at least 85% of drivers ignoring the 55-mile-an-hour limit, according to the State Department of Transportation. As a result, about $4 million the state receives in federal highways funds is threatened, and the State and the state Department of Transportation has asked the state police to find some way to slow people down. We're very concerned, not only about the loss of revenue, but for the danger it creates in highway travel when so many people are speeding, William Kaisha, State Transportation Department spokesman. Under federal law, 10% of three categories of federal funds for major roads like Route 7 or for secondary state highways and for local streets can be withheld if more than 50% of the drivers exceeded the posted 55 mile, mile an hour speed limit on the interstates, unquote. Speaking from experience, expecting people to obey the 55 mile an hour was laughable in the first place. Literally no one drove 55 on the interstate. Little old ladies on the way home from church and cars they only drove on Sunday did at least 60. And the average driver did 65 on the regular. Sure, you slowed down when traffic got heavy or the weather was bad or when someone spotted a cop. Oh, shit. Motherfucking cops. <laughs> But as soon as the cop was out of sight, the average speed picked back up to whatever seemed right for the conditions at the time. And if the average American driver hated the law, the truckers really fucking hated it because it was costing them money every second they drove. We covered that in detail in our episode about the CB culture, but as a recap, if you think these freedom convoys are a thing, you cannot imagine the truckers at the time when they were legit pissed about a real problem. People died. Even worse, the spotty enforcement by different jurisdictions made it a free-for-all for for the police departments who were revenue generators for their local city or county. It's a trap! It's a trap! I mean, speed traps had always been a thing before the national speed limit law, but now the local cops could sit up on the interstate as it passed through the limits of their little shithole towns and generate money through strict enforcement of the double nickel. The problem got so bad that one of the groups that advocated for the national speed limit in the first place, the American Automobile Association, began publishing in their travel guides the speed limit enforcement levels of the states and localities. Keep in mind that this law was supposed to create a universal speed limit that was maxed out at 55 miles an hour. But what it did was create a complex system that every jurisdiction basically had their own laws as to how fast you could actually drive. And with all this non-compliance so prevalent that according to Wikipedia, again, quote, in 1985, the United States Department of Transportation found that the states of Arizona, Maryland, both designated a strict enforcement area by the American Automobile Association and Vermont were out of compliance with the 55 mile an hour national speed limit, unquote. Because you see, Americans are funny people. We pretend that we want all these laws against things that we don't like. Say, I don't know. Black people voting. But at any time one of those laws impinges on our personal behavior, like, say, I don't know, being told it'd be a great idea to wear a helmet while driving on your tiny two-wheel death machine, we lose our shit and become all live free or die. How dare you? How dare? It's like we're totally fine telling other Americans how they should act What freedoms they can't have who they can't fuck, marry, or vote for because ideas different from the white heteronormative Judeo very light on Judeo Christian ethic ideas are scary and probably satanic. But if you should happen to insinuate that a simple common sense idea that would save thousands and thousands of lives with Just a minor restriction on the behavior of a tiny fraction of the population that in no way forbids them from doing something they want to do, like, I don't know, owning a National fucking Guard armory's worth of guns. But maybe you put some kind of lock on it, and all of a sudden Americans are, oh, 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 no, and they're talking about dumping tea into harbors and wearing dumbass hats, waving flags with snakes on them. It appears to outsiders and to some of us insiders that Americans are nothing more than you're hypocrites, all of you. Which is totally unfair because not all of us are blatantly hypocritical asswipes who will serve their own pleasure and urges over and above any possible consequence on co- or contradiction. Just most of us. So, what do you do with a law that no one is obeying? Well, if prohibition or the war on drugs taught us anything, you double down on it or triple down on it in the case of anyone who doesn't check white or shade of pale in the race box. But fortunately for drivers, in WIS one case, those two examples didn't teach us anything. And by 1985, the federal government was beginning to realize that Americans simply could not, would not drive 55. After a few aborted bills, the first laws to allow rural interstate speeds to be raised to 65 were passed in 1987. Originally intended to be a short-term four-year project to kind of test things out, by 1988, a year later, 40 states had applied to increase their speed limits not just on the interstate, but on all their rural highways. And by 1992, it was at 43 states, the remainder being states small enough that you could drive through while blinking. Look at you, Rhode Island. I'm looking at you. The end of the national speed limit didn't come all at once and it was not without some pushback by the kind of people that thought safety was a pretty good reason to have them in the first place, which is fine and fair, I guess, but that didn't mean we were gonna do it just because maybe a life or two could be saved. That kind of thinking leads to common sense gun laws. President Clinton signed the National Highway System Designation Act of 1995, returning the individual states the ability to set their own maximum speed limits, ending 20 years of federal tyranny and a complicated patchwork system of local standards of law enforcement based largely on the needs of local jurisdictions and how badly they hated minorities. And in its place, established a patchwork system of local speed limits based largely on the needs of local jurisdictions and how badly they hated minorities. Problem solved. The national speed limit law was very much a product of the time. It was an era when people believed that government interventions worked for national problems. It was no accident that laws like the Clean Air and Clean Water Act or the Environmental Protection Agency were created around the same time to address massive systemic failures caused by unchecked capitalism for over a century. And ended around the time when people decided that big government was no longer the solution, but the problem. 55 miles an hour didn't solve the problem it was designed to address and in some ways made the problem worse. But that's because the science was ignored in favor of simpler solutions. And everybody driving slower was a very simple solution. After all, CMF equals VA over VB times X is fucking incomprehensible to anyone who failed basic high school math. People like you, maybe people like me but that doesn't mean that science or complex ideas are bad or that experts are wrong and it definitely doesn't mean that government intervention to fix problems bigger than individual cities and states can handle is a bad thing but just try to explain that to a group of people who believe if they're all in their hearts that being told that their heads are softer than concrete so they should wear a helmet basically the same thing as locking them in a concentration camp, so yeah, the fifty five mile an hour speed limit was a really, really bad idea. It was doomed from the moment it started and really produced nothing that was worthwhile for the United States of America and its citizens. Well, no, n- not nothing. W- we did get that song from Sammy Hagar <laughs> that is it for our show this week. now, I know. You are probably thinking, oh, look, he's just retreading topics he's already talked about in past shows. And I want to assure you that while I'm not above such behaviors, in this case, it was not the case. That doesn't make any sense, but we're just going to roll with it because we're here at the end. The speed limit was a pivotal moment in American history, and it marked the changing tide of people trusting their governments, which was never a good idea in the first place. But instead of learning to be appropriately suspicious, Americans learned that the government was more like the fun police which I will tell you from experience that all police are indeed fun police. The shit you people do for fun is dangerous, and sometimes you need to be stopped. Speaking of needing to be stopped, rating and review this show wherever you get your pods. It helps others find this show and realize that you need to be stopped from suggesting podcasts like this one because it's just bad. It's awful. If you want to support the show and pay for our speeding tickets, we don't have a car, so really you're just paying for booze, donate a buck at patreon.com slash whatthehellpodcast. Now do all the things Jeremy tells you to do in the closing, otherwise he will have to throw your ass in the city joint, he'll look you in the eye and say, you get my point. And so for me, Dave, one foot on the brake and one on the gas, there's too much traffic I can't pass, so producing, so I tried my best illegal movie, big black and white come and crushed my groove escape. Well, that certainly sounds unsafe. Gavin and all the fictional highway patrolmen on the show, they want to say we can't drive 55 because the traffic in this city is terrible. You'd be lucky to hit 30 on a good stretch of road. We'll see you all next week. thinking stars dave bledsoe and features gavin st james and several fictional minions the show is produced by kimberly Steele and a part of the seltzer kings podcast network you can find more information on the show on their website whatthehellpodcast.com or on twitter at the hell underscore podcast or on facebook as what the hell podcast thanks for listening i have no ending for this so i take a small bow you want to know why i pulled you over Littering. <laughs> Officer, That that's not ours. Candy bars. Littering and. Littering and. Uh, and uh, littering and, and. Littering and. Littering and. Littering and. and, and, uh, and uh, littering and. Littering and. Littering and. Littering and. Littering and. Littering and. Littering and.